the Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm alright, Tom. How are you? Lucky day, Mr. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program, old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, as we roll into the second hour of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program, and uh, probably time to um, think about some road trips before, at least in this part of the country, the weather gets bad. Um, and a great guide to do that is uh, available from Reader's Digest called Great American Road Trips Scenic Drives. And the uh, deputy editor of Country Magazine, um, Mariah Andrich, joins me by phone. Hi, Mariah. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for having me. Um, Mariah, this... Uh, how did... Explain to me Country Magazine versus Reader's Digest and, and how you ended up involved in this project. Oh, of course. So Country Magazine and Reader's Digest are owned by the same company, Trusted Media Brands. And ah. We um, work together and often share content. Country Magazine is a national travel magazine that focuses on America's rural scenic destinations. And um, we got together with the Reader's Digest folks to put together a book of what we call Great, a Great American Road Trips book series that has content from both publications. And this one, Scenic Drives, um, mm -hmm. it, it almost seems like this would have been kind of a cool thing to have at the beginning of the pandemic when, when people couldn't go to usual <laughs> gathering places. But what oh about that? With people now trying to figure out as as we are maybe out of it, maybe not, depending on, on how things go, and mm -hmm. people are trying to decide what they can do and what they can't do, are some of these road trips, these scenic drives, maybe a good way to 
get away from being quarantined? I think that they absolutely are, especially if you plan ahead and are safe about it. Um, I know my family, we did a couple of road trips during the pandemic and had no problems. But again, we planned ahead and we were safe. Uh, I think that Americans love road trips and there's really nothing truer to the American sense of independence than getting behind the wheel of a car and just driving. You know, you're captain of your own ship, you're in charge of your safety. And a lot of the destinations in this book will take you to places that have wide open spaces where folks might just feel safer and, and have a lot to offer. And now I was as I was thumbing through the book and there are some mm-hmm. beautiful photographs and some interesting places and places I might not have thought of or would not have even known existed. How did you pick these places and um a lot of it sounds like these are things you could do just driving through and see from your car but you have to find places to stay and stuff along the way right well that's the planning part of course um so over the this book is a collection of stories that have appeared in country over the years and we have gotten our, our stories come from our readers which we're very proud of and we come travel writers and landscape photographers who are out taking the very pictures that you're looking at. And some of these stories have actually been written by those photographers. And their goal, is, their goal is simply to get us outside and to enjoy the beauty of our country. Um, so that's how we find some of these off-the-beaten-path places. Now, usually when we think of, uh, you know, family vacations and, and getting away, it's it's usually to big tourist attractions, um, Cedar Point, Ohio, Disney World, uh, you know, Six mm-hmm. Flags, those types of places, theme parks and, and uh, mm-hmm. movie studios and, and all of those kinds of things. Um, what do you have any sense for how much people are? traveling and looking for these uh, places that are maybe a little off the beaten path? I think that people are definitely looking for these kinds of places. Um, Some folks just want to avoid a crowded situation. And if you just take a look at um, national park visitation, while overall park visitation last year was lower, the parks that were open, like Yellowstone or the Tetons, they had some months that were record numbers because people are really trying to get out and be safe about making memories with their families on vacation. Is there um, a, a special way of, of explaining to people how what the experience is like for some of these places that are that are more outdoors? You, you know, we have a lot of people, and especially this last year and a half, we've been... <laughs> We've been locked up inside for what seems like forever. Um, is it? How do you explain to people? Hey, there are these places outside. You don't. You know, it's not on a screen. It's not. You know, indoors uh, with with controlled 
atmosphere and all that. Um, what are some of the some of the benefits that people get from maybe going to look at uh, uh, mountains and landscapes and outdoor options? Well, for me, I just I look at nature as a healer. Um, I find that when I am out, whether it's hiking a trail or if, you know, we visited as a family, my children's first national park was Great Smoky Mountains National Park. There's just something soothing about being out in nature. And you asked me about um, what's the mechanism, how could I describe it? Um, with the book, I would say look at the photography because, you know, photography is powerful and an image will tell you more than my text will tell you, to be honest. Um, I look at the photographs in this book and I'm absolutely enticed to follow these paths and to maybe even look for some of these views that we're seeing. Um, so I, I think that people should definitely seek out the outdoors. If you're looking at this book, be inspired by the imagery and try to find that in your own travel. You know, I... I I always think of when I talk about some of these incredible places, and, and we talk about it a lot in Michigan, uh, where I'm based, uh, because of the Upper Peninsula and, and mm -hmm. some of the, the views in various peninsulas. In fact, a couple of peninsulas uh, in Michigan are in the book. Yeah. And I, um, but I always think of... Uh, Chevy Chase in the movie Vacation, getting out of his car, <laughs> walking up to the Grand Canyon, going, cool, and then jumping back in the car and driving away. What are, <laughs> what are things people need to do or think about or plan to really enjoy these great wonders around the country? So I have seen that movie, and I know <laughs> that moment you're talking about, and I have definitely done that, right? When I was a kid and we went to the Grand Canyon, we were too young. Um, to experience it as a hiker would. Uh, my advice, my advice to people is obviously you're going to plan ahead. Look for opportunities. Maybe it's an easy, moderate hike that you could possibly take. Um, there's so much information out there that will help you plan your trip. And I have to say, you know, um, in my 10 or 15 years ago, I did a backpacking trip into the Grand Canyon which completely blew away my perspective on um, experiencing the Grand Canyon. I actually, with this group, we hiked down to the bottom and, um, you know, I got to put my feet into the Colorado River. It's really cold, by the way, and I wouldn't have known that had I not <laughs> ventured um, on this backpacking trip. And only 4% of visitors to the Grand Canyon actually do that. So I think if people want, people can have a safe experience and an experience that is suitable to their fitness level. Um, but you can push yourself a little bit too. Just look for the easy hike. Look for the, look for the experience that um, will give you the best of what the park has to offer, but that you're comfortable with. I had uh, the, the thriller writer, uh, bestseller, David Baldacci on the show. Uh, well, he's been on several times, but he was on talking about uh, one of his Atlee Pine novels, and he had taken that trip, Mariah. Mm. He had gone down and hiked you know, through the Grand Canyon, and it ended up making it into one of his books. Oh, 
and and I asked him, I said, do you, do you ever go on vacation and, and just be on vacation, or are you always thinking, wow, this would be a good thing for my, one of my books? <laughs> yeah, um, I can no longer go to family functions without asking people about where they've gone and do they want to write for Country Magazine. <laughs> um, but... That's that, funny. you know, that hike is, it's an amazing hike. It, it will challenge you physically, and it will uplift you mentally and spiritually, for sure. Now, so, when, I was I, talking to, when I was talking to Baldacci about it, there was something about a mule. Okay, so <laughs> the mules frighten me, because <laughs> as you were, <laughs> as you, you know, people will ride the mules down to the bottom, and the mules are also used to bring gear down to Phantom Ranch, and they'll um, deliver supplies, and, and you know, if you want to, if you want a mule to carry your backpack, it is possible, and our group, we were carrying our own packs, and we were coming down the trail with, um, you know, we had our trekking poles, and it was a freak snowstorm, and this was in April, and so you're coming down the, the, the trail, and up, up comes these, these mules, and we were told by our guide, get against the wall. Do not get between yourself, and do not get in the path of these mules. And it's like the most frightening two minutes. <laughs> waiting for these mules to pass by while you're like against the rocks just breathing and waiting for them to go um so yes the mules they're necessary but a little scary for me <laughs> that's i you know that's interesting I, and i wouldn't have thought of mules as being particularly scary well when you're when you, the, the the path is maybe four feet wide oh. and there's a really significant drop. You kind of want to hug the wall for sure and wish that the mules were not there. But they're necessary <laughs> in the canyon, of course. Oh, that's fascinating. And it happened a couple times, but it's a way it's, you get used to it after after a few times. Well, that's that's fascinating. Um, how did you get interested in this kind of of travel and these kinds of locations? Well, um, years ago when I was a newspaper reporter, I wrote um, for our local paper a column called En Route, and it was uh, focused on day trips, quick day trips in Arizona, and that's where it started for me. I loved driving. I loved the feeling of independence and going out and seeing the best that my state had to offer, and um, then when I came to country, country had a travel component to it and that we were featuring stories or what I would call profiles of places, um, showcasing the scenic rural destinations at their best, pairing wonderful first-person narrative stories, which you don't find as often in travel anymore, and um, gorgeous scenic photography. And I just fell in love with that particular way of telling travel stories. And so years later, here I am now. <laughs> well, a new offering uh, under the banner of uh, Reader's Digest called Great American Road Trip Scenic Drives we're talking about with uh, Mariah Andrich. And Mariah, I have mm -hmm. to take a break here. Can you stick around for a few minutes so we can talk some more? Of course. All right. Of course. Um, we're going to let our broadcast partners squeeze in a few words or do whatever they do when we go to break. We'll be right back. Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can. Keep wearing masks correctly and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call The X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed, a magical place with magical charms, indoors, indoors, indoors.
Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. And welcome back, everybody. We continue our conversation with the deputy editor of Country Magazine, who with uh, Reader's Digest has come out with a uh, a great guidebook for, um, well, let's just tell you what it's called, Great American Road Trips, Scenic Drives. The title says mm-hmm. it all. And I'm talking with uh, Mariah Andrich, who uh, joins me by phone. Mariah, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through mm-hmm. all that. I enjoyed it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, good. Um, now, we were talking in the uh, in the last segment, and you mentioned planning was an important part mm-hmm. of it. When you talk about road trips and scenic drives, especially when you get off the beaten path, um, is part of planning figuring out where you're going to get fuel? I think that's definitely part of it um, for... You know, we just, for my own personal family trips, we just do our searching online, and there are several apps that let you know where the nearest gas station is. Yeah, I would think that's important, because I, I remember mm-hmm. driving uh, through um, oh, through the, the desert in the southwest, and, and, and those signs, last chance gas. <laughs> <laughs> and you talk about mules being scary. Those yeah. signs used to scare me pretty bad. Um, but I would think that that would be a big part of it. But then, you know, once you work out just really a couple of logistics, you know, going mm-hmm. from maybe uh, motel to motel um, and, and including the drive between those places as, as really part of the experience. Um, I, I remember the slogan from many, many years ago see the USA in your Chevrolet and they showed you know a yeah. picture of a convertible and an, and an you know wide open road and all this beautiful scenery and it, and it really um it was not only a celebration of the car but a celebration of the places we can visit as is this book what are mm-hmm. some of the places um are, are, are there highlights? I mean, I know they're all highlights, but um, but out well, of the books... You know, there are three peninsulas in Michigan featured. So those are definitely highlights. Well, yeah. <laughs> we, we love our peninsulas in Michigan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in fact, the whole state's kind of a peninsula. Um, mm-hmm. But but for you, you've you've done a lot of traveling. You've experienced a lot of these things. Were there some things that made it into the book that that wowed you? Yes, there were, and I think, for example, um, and I'm going to this is going to sound awful, but I had no idea that Oklahoma could be so beautiful. Um, we are the Calamina Scenic Byway is featured in the book. It's it's this drive. It's a short drive, and it sort of straddles Oklahoma and a little bit of Arkansas because it starts in um, it, it ends or starts depending on the direction you're traveling in Mena, Arkansas. And when I was a kid, um, we would travel from Arizona to Wisconsin to visit family, and we would breeze through Oklahoma. And I just thought, yeah, there's not a whole lot here. Boy, was I wrong. Um, the photographs in, that were paired with this particular story by Inga Johansson, who actually took some of the photographs, show this gorgeous setting. Um, 
in you know in this mountainous area of the state and i would not have known that if not for the book so that was definitely one highlight for me um i also loved um there is a uh story in here i i wrote it it's not why i love it but it's the oak creek canyon scenic byway which to me reminded me of sunday drives that we would take with that my family would take it was one of my dad's favorite things to do um, was to put us into the car and take us up north in Arizona. And the Oak Creek Canyon Drive I did years later with my husband, and it's just, if you're not driving, it's, it's, it's breathtaking. It's just so entertaining. You're basically going up to the top of the Colorado Plateau, and um, it's, it's like a twist and turn, twist and turn, going up the side of this mountain. That was another thing that I really wanted to share with people because it is such a fantastic drive. So those would be my two, fa- my two, the two that stand out to me for sure. I remember coming back to Michigan from uh, Los Angeles. I had lived out there for a very short time. And I took the northern route coming back, uh, meaning I went up through Nevada and across Colorado. And I saw some of those mm-hmm. scenes in Colorado, and mm-hmm. there there really are some amazing things to see just while driving, just while getting from point A to point B. And if you plan, you know, if you have a destination point, like, like you just mentioned, going to visit mm-hmm. family in Wisconsin, if you have a place to go, instead of trying to find the, the, the shortest, most direct, uh, all-express route maybe consider mapping it out a little differently so you can see some some of the the things there are to see and you mentioned something a moment ago mariah that that had um that i had completely forgotten about and and that was the sunday drive is has that is that a lost activity that that maybe we ought to try to encourage people to reclaim I feel like it is a bit of a lost activity, and I definitely think we should encourage people to reclaim it. Um, and the idea of the Sunday drive to me is these are places that are near home, right? You've got a car and an afternoon, let's say. Um, when I was a kid, we would, um, my father would take us up Oak Creek Canyon. We would visit Prescott, Arizona to escape the heat of Phoenix. And um, one of my earliest remem- memories um, was driving to Florence, Arizona to pick grapes. Now, these were not flashy trips. They weren't amusement. There were no amusement parks. There were no um, what you would consider to be sort of like the big attractions. But the scenery was beautiful, and it was time with my family and memories made, which made it very special. I also think um, when we talk about where to go for Omni Sunday drives, I would encourage people to think about their state parks. State parks are, in my opinion, underrated. There are many of them. They tend to be within a reasonable drive of an urban center. The one that pops into my head right away is Valley of Fire State Park in Nevada, which is about an hour's drive from Las Vegas, right? Think about Las Vegas. It's sort of the epitome of, the tourist attraction, right? And then drive an hour away and you're in gorgeous Red Rock country. Um, I think we should all sort of take, you know, get out your atlas or go online and look for these parks because, as I said, they're accessible. They might be an hour, maybe two drive away from where you live. 
And sometimes they're free to get into, depending on where you are. And they're beautiful and not crowded. And and there's also, um, you know, uh, something about this book that, that I want to make sure and point out. It's broken into five regions, west, southwest, yeah. midwest, southeast, and northeast. And you can literally, regardless of what part of the country you live in, you can find some destinations um, for a road trip or a scenic drive in your own area, in your own region from this book. And as as you point out, uh, Mariah, you can look at, at atlases as well. Mm-hmm. Which I, is, I guess uh, that dates me, but I really love to look at maps. I love to look at books and maps. Um, and you I know, feel like they inspire me in my own traveling. Now, you were mentioning getting out of Phoenix to beat the heat. Um, Mm -hmm. Did you have air conditioning in the car, or did you do like my family did when I was young, four four down and 60? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You're making me laugh right now because my father um, was a mechanic, and so he would fix up lemons. Those were our family cars. And he, um, one of the lemons that we would travel in was a Volkswagen bus or a boost, as he called it, because he had a very thick accent. <laughs> and we would drive that boost, which had the equivalent of a lawnmower engine, in my opinion, in the back. There was absolutely no air conditioning, and it was rolled down the windows and <laughs> drive as fast as the boost could go. Um, but I feel like that builds character when you're a kid, right? Uh, and that's how we did it. Well, and the thing is, there was a time when... Not every building, not every home had air conditioning. And when Mm -hmm. it got miserable, getting out in the car and going for a drive was a way to beat the heat. And, and, you know, I'm joking about four down and 60, and and I'm glad you appreciate it and and recognize the reference. Oh, we did that. (laughs) You know, you roll all four windows down, go 60 miles an hour, and the breeze cools you down. Mm -hmm. But that was something that, that... people did in the in the 50s and 60s maybe even uh, into the 70s um as as a way to beat the heat you know you'd get you'd sit around the house and you're feeling kind of miserable on saturday sunday afternoon and say you know what let's go for a drive and you might stop mm-hmm. and get some ice cream as part of the you know part of the trip but but really it was that four down and 60 that that beat the heat that is so funny that you did it in a in a Oh, VW boost. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I learned to drive on that boost too. Oh, um, that's fun. But honestly, I can't imagine doing that with my own kids now because every car has air conditioning and every car has an entertainment system. And um, I almost wish that we could have the boost again to do these kinds of trips. Yeah, I, I had a friend that, that had one of those and we were in a band together, so it was a whole different, <laughs> a whole different kind of road trip in those days. But, um, but it's it's funny when you talk about trying to do the the VW boost uh, road trip, mm-hmm. uh, four down and sixty with uh, kids from today. It's it's like I've you know tried to get my kids to appreciate black and white movies, and mm-hmm. not so much. Um, but back to the uh, but but back mm-hmm. to the the scenic trips. What are some other uh, uh, spots that people might not know about that uh, 
can I just happened to open the book to Michigan's U.S. Highway 2. I've been up and down that road a few times. Um, but uh, what are some some places that um, people wouldn't know about that, that they can learn about from this book? Well, I'm going to base this on what I learned about working on Country Magazine. Um, I would say the Palouse country in Washington state is definitely something that is worth discovering. Um, I personally haven't been, it's on my bucket list for sure. Um, but if you love beautiful landscapes and if you'd like to sort of escape to like a rural setting, um, I think the Palouse country could be for you. It's, um, it, depending on the time of year, you're going to drive past sort of undulating green hills and gorgeous, barns in the distance and if that inspires some kind of feeling of nostalgia um, you might really enjoy that drive. I also thought that the Apache Trail Drive in Arizona is a fun one that might, so many people might not know about um, and of course again I mentioned the Talamina Scenic Byway. Um, just Those are just a few. Uh, perhaps the Door County Coastal Byway um, we know that in the Midwest, but I'm not sure that the whole country knows about it. Is is um, Route 66 back? I think it is back because uh, I think I saw a report a while ago. It was one of them. It was a, how can I say this? It, on Google searches, it ranked very high. People were looking into Route 66. And we've done stories on Route 66 in Illinois, and we also did one focusing on the Arizona leg of it. Um, I think it's a great ride. It's very nostalgic, lots of vintage Americana along the way. Um, it's one of those drives that I think helps you sort of avoid the rush of the interstate and just kind of take it in the slow lane. Is that the best way to take a road trip is to get I think so. get out on the surface roads, get away from the expressways and, and maybe away from the cities and, and just drive through farmland and mountain ranges and along rivers and, and coastal roads. I remember uh, uh, driving one afternoon uh, from Los Angeles up into um, Northern California on the Pacific Coast Highway. I definitely, you know, when I was a kid, that's how we did it. We just wandered. Um, now we're a bit more plan-oriented um, as a society, you know, making sure that we know where we're going, where we're going to stay, where we're going to eat, checking out TripAdvisor to make sure we have all of our ducks in a row. But I would hope that people might take a scenic drive as an opportunity to get off the beaten path and just have a safe adventure, as safe as they could possibly have. And turn off the GPS so you don't spend the whole time hearing recalculating, recalculating. <laughs> you might want to do that, yes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You might um, want to. And have a great map in the car for, with you. Have a great map in the car. Maps are so um, maps are so entertaining and so helpful. And I think that people just bypass them for their phone maps, you know, for Google Maps. But... I've often found that just looking at maps is 
inspires my imagination for sure. You know, it's it's funny you say that because I've I've spent a lot of time traveling because I, w- I was on the road as a musician for many years, and um, often headed to towns I hadn't heard of, <laughs> and so I consulted maps a lot back in the day. But when I lived in Los Angeles, I had a Thomas guide. I never I I couldn't have gotten anywhere without consulting at first. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm with you on the map thing. I, I think that's a tremendous idea. And and, and you know what? Maps and books don't run out of batteries. That's true. They don't lose charge. They're what a always good point. there. What a great point. Um, what about um, there are certain places, and and I was thinking about this a little bit ago when I was talking about driving across. Uh, from from California to Michigan and and coming across the North Route on on was it eighty I think, and there was a a part of Nebraska that I drove through um, that I would probably want to avoid in the future. Uh, it, I went through. Why? <laughs> well, it was it was farmland, mm. and. It got a little dull after a couple hours, but more than that was the manure smell <laughs> was making oh, no. me, was making me dizzy. <laughs> but yet, you know, as I look back on it, it's it's actually kind of a fun memory. Um, and it probably it is a fun memory, but I would also say, you know, we've had those experiences too as a family when we take these road trips through the Midwest. You know, you might be, say, on a recent trip, we were going through Illinois, and um, from the freeway, you know, you might not appreciate the fact that Illinois does have a lot of beauty to it. And as we were driving along, I suddenly saw a sign for a place that is on my list. We didn't stop, um, but Star- Starved Rock State Park, I think it's called in Illinois, and it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been, I've ever seen photographs of, excuse me. And it's just, if you focus on the interstate, I think you might miss an opportunity. And if we had had the time and then we had pulled off on that exit and gone down to the park, I think it could have been a wonderful experience. But we were pressed for time. You know, Um, it's, it's it's interesting that you say that about being pressed for time. A lot of times when we when we plan a trip, we know we have to be someplace. We want to be there by a certain time. And it, it, we, we look at the routes and we pick the shortest, you know, the fastest route to get there. So we spend as little time getting there as possible. And I would submit before we run out of time that maybe it's a good idea to think about that differently. To think, you know, I have to be here by a certain day. Maybe I leave a day earlier and take routes that will be more scenic. I think that's definitely a good approach. Um, They often say that the journey is even more important than the destination. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. I have been on trips with family and, uh, you know, my husband and I did this road trip in Arizona years ago and, you know, we were trying to get to the Grand Canyon and I saw a sign for a place called, I don't even know if it's still there, the Rock Springs Cafe. And I made him pull over because um, I had heard it had the best pecan pie in the state. And I 
I haven't tried all the pecan pie in the state, but that was an amazing piece of pie. And if I had forced him, if I had not forced him to stop, we'd have rushed to the Grand Canyon and totally lost an opportunity there. Well, so after forcing him to stop, I hope you bought him a piece of pie. I think he bought the pie, but you know, let's go over detail. But again, there's that, you know, if, if you're going up Interstate 17 in Arizona, you might miss Sedona if you don't get off the freeway. You just sometimes you have to just take the slower route and really savor the journey. I know I was driving uh, out to uh, California and I had my oldest daughter with me um, and we were driving through Texas and I kept seeing signs for this this barbecue place that had the best barbecue and we stopped you know I we, we got to check this out we're in Texas there's this mm-hmm. supposedly world famous barbecue we got we got to stop and try this <laughs> so we did and I think that's how people should travel and I think that's what's cool about this book from Reader's Digest Great American Road Trips Scenic Drives I've been talking with um, my guest this hour who is a deputy editor of Country Magazine and uh, her name is Mariah, uh, let me make sure I get this right, um, Andrich. Andrich. Andrich, yes. And mm-hmm. um, Mariah, thanks for spending this time with me this morning, but thanks for sharing uh, this amazing information. And, of course, the book's a great place to uh, to start, but um, are there some some really good resources for people who want to get out off the beaten path that you can recommend? Um, I always obviously go online and, you know, search. If you, if you're living in a particular place, look around you to see what is out there. Um, state park websites are a great place to start. Sometimes just going on TripAdvisor and seeing what are people looking for is another nice place to start if you have online access. Or you could get a book like Great American Road Trips, Scenic Drives, and let us do all of the searching for you. Well, I think that's a great idea, and kudos to you for uh, um, recommending all these places and giving people uh, some ideas of places that they might mm-hmm. consider that they might not have thought to look for otherwise. Um, Mariah, thanks, uh, thanks again, and keep up the good work. Thank you for having me, Tom. It was fun. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, again, that was Mariah Andrich, and um, the book is uh, called Great American Road Trips Scenic Drives from Reader's Digest. Discover insider tips, must-see stops, nearby attractions, and more. Now we're going to let uh, our broadcast partners, if you're listening to us uh, on 92.1 LPFM, WFOV, our voices radio in Flint. Um, they are a broadcast service of the uh, Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my friend Paul Herring. I'm not sure who's calling in, but we'll check on that in uh, just a moment. But uh, we're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us, we have some messages as well. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. More of the Tom Sumner program is straight ahead.
Hello there, citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. Say, objection. I object. I object to that, Your Honor. Oh, hi, Mom. What's up? Dana, what are you doing? Oh, you know, just um, attorney general stuff. Listen, I have a legal question. What is it, Mom? I just got a call from the water company. Apparently, your father has not been paying the bill. I guess they're going to turn the water off because we owe more than $1,000 now. Can you believe it? Actually, I can't. So listen, we just have to send them $200 in Edible Arrangements gift cards and that will keep the water on. Now, here's the legal question. What is the website for Edible Arrangements? Mom, it's an imposter scam. Imposter scam. Is that .com or .edu? No, the call was a scam. Scammers will pretend to be a government agency or a utility company or someone else you might do business with. A big red flag is if they tell you that you can pay them using gift cards. So when in doubt, ask for the information to be sent to you in writing. And never give a caller someone you don't know your personal information or your money. If you do suspect an imposter scam, Report it to my office at mi.gov slash agcomplaints. Okay, all right. And Dina, where do I file a complaint that my daughter hasn't visited in over a month? Does your office have a website for that? Okay, Mom, I'm hanging up now. 
I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. I'm going to talk to you about driving because uh, I've had my problems and I must tell you about my problems driving. First of all, in different cities. Uh, in Los Angeles, uh, who puts up the dip signs out here? <laughs> Does it make sense to put up a dip sign two inches before you get to the dip? <laughs> You're driving the guys, what's the sign? The sign says dip. <laughs> if you want to help somebody, put it after you hit the dip, you know? You just hit a dip. Thank you, I appreciate that. Now, uh, in San Francisco, it's a different story. In San Francisco, they have these hills that have got to be the worst hills in the world to build a city around or in or on. It's fantastic. And it's not, it has nothing to do with shifting gears or anything. It's just that these hills are fantastic. They go straight up and straight down. And even with a high dramatic, I've worried at times. I've gone up to the top of some of these things. You get up to the top and the car's still going up. And you say, where's the land for crying out loud? That's the only time I've ever stood up in the car. Where the hell's the land for crying out loud? And then when I did go down, I went straight down like this. You know, you guys have put the brake on. Are you crazy? The back of the car flip over this way. And the insurance company won't cover you if you've had a head-on collision with a hill. I'll tell you that right now. They built a street up there called Lombard Street that goes straight down, and they're not satisfied with you killing yourself that way. They put grooves and curves and everything in it, and then they put flowers there where they buried the people that have killed themselves. Yeah. Lombard Street, wonderful street. So, I had this uh, Volkswagen, a guy lent me a Volkswagen. Now, I don't get along at all with a clutch. That's all there is to it. You don't even have to look for my car if you want to tell if I've been there. Just take a sniff and smell the clutch, that's all. I'll burn out a clutch in a minute. And first gear is not my best friend in the world, that's all. And I get the hiccup, ha, ka, 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 you know. And, uh, I, you know, second gear is not too bad. Third is great. Once I get in the third, I'm not shifting back for nobody, that's all. I'll run over a guy before I have to go back in the first gear again. Forget it. Boy. So I'm driving around the city and I had to take this hill because they put up a detour sign. So I said, well, if I'm gonna take this hill, I'm really gonna take it and get right over it, boy. And I gunned up the motor, ah, 20, 60, 80, brrr, I get up to the top, I'm ready to go over. I look to the right, somebody put a stop sign up at the top of the hill. And I said, you gotta be kidding me. Nobody in his right mind puts a stop sign up at the top of a hill like this. I figured the city didn't do it. Some nut went out to the Army-Navy store, bought himself a stop sign, he's got a spyglass, looks through it, look, Martha, we caught somebody down there. 
it's uncaught, and I put the brake on. And I know if I'm in a hurry, I'm gonna lose my right leg because all the blood's draining down to my hip. And I figure the time it takes me to get off of the brake and get to the accelerator, I will have drifted into the bay. And if you die that way, they won't let you into heaven. You go up, you see St. Peter says, how'd you die? Me and a Volkswagen drifted backwards into the bay. You go to hell. So I said, I better give it a try. I look in the rear view mirror. Now there's a car behind me. Well, I don't want this guy to know I can't drive. So I said, come around, idiot, come around. He can't hear me because he's busy telling the guy behind him, come around, idiot, come around. They caught 13 million of us on that hill. And we all made an agreement. We put on the emergency brake and we turned it into a used car lot. That's all we did. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Alexander Zanjic, don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner.